Welcome to Mythic, a podcast where we explore meaningful living through the power of myth. I'm your host, Boston Blake. When you were growing up, what were your favorite stories when you were really young? Nursery rhymes or children's books, movies, cartoons, comics? One of my favorite stories was a book called Gwynna by the author and artist illustrator Barbara Hellenberger. It's about this little girl who has wings, owl wings, and she flies across the ocean to this mountain. She descends into the mountain and meets a tree and the tree offers her body to become a harp. It's this really beautiful story of sacrifice and also rebirth and of creative expression. The tree actually gets reborn in new form. And then this girl, Gwynna, has her harp and she flies through the land in a company of owls playing this harp. I definitely grew up in the Disney era. I was born in the later 80s. So I, before I went to Waldorf school, where they limit your media intake, I was completely enamored with The Little Mermaid. I just, I've always felt it so unfair that I couldn't be a mermaid. And I swear. <laughs> yeah, like really, like this isn't an option for us. Um, I and, do know some yeah. professional mermaids. Really? Well, I should look into that as the next career turn. There you go. <laughs> so th those are the kind of stories that I really loved where, again, I think the imagination is really rich in the mermaids and flying young girls and harps and so forth. Mm, thank you. What's something that you believe to be true that you cannot prove? or that cannot be proven at all? I, I keep coming up with proofs <laughs> for them. <laughs> because what immediately came to mind was reincarnation. I think to a certain extent, we can't prove it, but I also recognize that there is such rich evidence of experiences that people bring forward that it does seem to very strongly affirm it. So that might not be the best example, but that's the one that's really coming to mind is reincarnation and just very strongly believing that. Hmm. Is there more to say about that? Just felt experiences that I've had in my own life that really affirm that reincarnation is real, that certain people we meet, there's a very strong sense that we've done this before, we've met before. And I can't prove that, hmm. that we, these particular people have met, but I do really strongly feel that to be true. Yeah. Thank you. In what ways are you the same now as you were when you were a little kid? Definitely around story and the imagination. I think that I managed to avoid the disenchantment that was really ready to set in my late teens, early twenties, but I have still been able to see the world through that kind of imaginal lens. Another way that I haven't changed at all is my deep love of cats and kittens. A new little kitten has come into my life and I'm just feeling my little girl coming out in response to her. The six-year-old who so badly wanted her own cat finally has one. And yeah, totally haven't changed in that area at all. 
Beautiful. You may have already answered this one. Have you ever encountered a phenomenon that you just cannot explain? And how do you think that's affected your worldview? Hmm. I have to think about this one for a moment. This isn't me personally, <laughs> but it's something that I find really interesting. The whole domain of dark matter, I'm not a physicist, so I don't really have a right to speak on this, but hashtag not a physicist. Okay. Hashtag not a physicist, but dark matter is something that is being mathematically detected, but hasn't been physically detected. So there's this assumption that it is there based on, you know, calculations of gravity and how the matter that we can see behaves in relationship to it. But I feel like what we're waiting to discover <laughs> is that maybe what we're calculating as dark matter is psyche, is the unconscious, is not something physical, and that this anomaly in the calculations is very much like the epicycles in Ptolemy's model of the cosmos before Copernicus brought forward the heliocentric model. So the model of the solar system was getting messier and messier as they're adding more epicycles and equants to figure out why we're seeing the retrogrades with the planets, trying to keep it round as a circle, but now there's lots and lots of little circles. And then finally the worldview breakthrough that leads to the Copernican revolution and the recognition of the elliptical orbits by Kepler. So I feel like dark matter is the next wave of epicycles waiting to radically change our worldview. Maybe that doesn't totally answer your question, though, because you were asking about my own worldview. But I this don't is even my care. <laughs> I don't even care. That is such a great answer and something I can't wait to dive into. I also feel like we might not know in our lifetime. So mm -hmm. I'm just accepting that. Maybe that actually is a better answer to the thing I can't prove. I think dark matter is consciousness mm -hmm. that we're trying to put into our materialist mathematical equations. Definitely can't prove that. We'll never have the degree to be able to even approach it. One last question. Okay. When in your life have you experienced ecstasy? Oh, I'm grateful that I've experienced ecstasy a number of times. There are so many beautiful examples popping into my mind, like the ecstasy of falling in love, the ecstasy of coming across a beautiful vista. The image that's coming to mind right now is like going down into Partington Cove and Big Sur and just seeing how beautiful the ocean meeting the cliffs is. Probably the best example I can give is when I had my encounter with the planetary archetypes that really initiated me into the astrological tradition. I'd been studying astrology for some time, the techniques and all the practical side of it, but had a very profound experience where I actually was introduced to the archetypes. They introduced themselves and it was very chaotic at first. They were all trying to tell me who they were at once. And I asked, please, will you slow down and come one at a time? And so then they came in order, the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, they all introduced themselves. And it was this full kind of experiential encounter with each archetype. I've never been able to see the world the same since because it just 
brought this archetypal lens onto everything that I was encountering from that point forward. I can't unsee it anymore. So that might be the height of ecstasy that I've experienced because I felt like my life purpose came in that moment, which was really to be able to communicate these archetypal beings in whatever way that I can.